This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everybody, I'm Tom Greaves and welcome to the Blood Reds post-game podcast. As Liverpool have beaten Southampton three goals to one, thanks to a Roberto Firmino header and a Darwin Nunes brace. It's time for the Reds to break for the World Cup now, so we won't see them back in action for around another six weeks. But it was crucial to win this first period of the season on a high. On today's pod, we've got Ian Doyle's verdict, the manager's reaction and some thoughts from Liverpool fans. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to Anfield. Liverpool have won their final game before the World Cup break, 3-1 against Southampton. I'm Theo Squires, Liverpool writer for The Echo. Joining me is Ian Doyle, chief Liverpool writer. Finally, Liverpool, we've seen something from them that's a bit more like we're used to. They're going out into the break with a win. Could have been a bit better in terms of the second half, but all things considered, that's a nice little result for them. Yeah, I mean, Jurgen Klopp wasn't very happy with the first half performance, but the reality is they'd won the game. Sorry, he wasn't happy with the second half performance, but the reality is that he'd won the game in the first half. I mean, the goals, what was it? One from Firmino, two from Nunes. And it was more the way that they played the game. They looked like they actually knew what they were doing. There was a lot more cohesion in attack. And I know that Nathan Jones, the Southampton uh, manager, after the game said that he thought that Southampton were a bit too passive, which they probably were after the first 10 minutes. They got an equaliser, didn't they, through Che Adams' uh, header from the free kick from James Ward-Prowse, which was a, you know, there wasn't a lot Liverpool could do about it. it was, you know, sometimes you've got to put your hand up and say, good goal. But Liverpool's got three good goals. And Liverpool... You know, whilst I've said before, Southampton were a bit passive, Liverpool made the most of it. They could have scored a lot more goals, so I think the Southampton keeper had a great game, he was in the first half, made a lot of good saves. But yeah, second half, it was a little bit different. He didn't really click as much, Klopp said that as well. He said that, you know, the things we were doing in the first half, we stopped doing. And Liverpool were kind of indebted to Alisson Becker, made a couple of good saves. I think there was two one attack, wasn't there? One on one, so that was a good save. He poured away a Che Adams header uh, a little bit later on. But you always got the impression, I thought, that if Southampton did get back into the game, Liverpool could just take it up another level. And probably for the first time in the entire time that you know, we've been talking about this World Cup, we've been trying not to mention it or say that it's not affecting players. I think in the second half there were a few players who just went, yeah, we've won this game, I don't want to get injured for the World Cup. And I think they were just seeing themselves through and you know, Liverpool fully deserved the victory. Well, you've mentioned the World Cup there. It took Roberto Firmino six minutes to prove his point to Tite that he's not in the squad. Um, you know, Klopp's commented on it saying he's disappointed. It was a bit of a surprise that he's not involved. But Brazil's loss is going to be Liverpool's game. It was a great showing from him today. It was. I mean, that's exactly the kind of response that you'd want. I mean, but Firmino, it's an interesting one. Look at his numbers. He's had a good season. But Klopp said a couple of weeks ago that, yeah, let's not be fooled entirely by that because there's been some games where he's been very good some game, some games where he hasn't but I think this was a game where he did play very well he was involved in the build up to the other two uh, goals certainly the uh, the third one with the pass that he put through for down the wing for Robertson to uh, to cross for Nunes to score um, but, but you, you could just tell with Firmino he's back, and of course the last couple of games he's been back in his position that he prefers which is leading the front line you know Nunes was off on the left and uh, Klopp made mention of that after the game that when when Firmino was vacating the positions Nunes was going into the middle and that's where he's got his two goals so that's kind of where things worked and that's what I said before where it was kind of clicking for Liverpool but looking at Firmino yeah I think it was Klopp said on Friday or hinted on Friday that he could get a new deal mm-hmm. at the end of the season sent some talks ongoing and I wouldn't be surprised if he did because he's, he's never really let Liverpool down the entire time that he's been here what's that seven years now? 
And while Firmino's future is still up in the air, Darwin Nunes' certainly isn't. Mm. Um, for me, I think that's probably his most impressive performance yet. It was certainly his most in sync with his teammates. Mm. Um, the coaching staff, the manager, Clark Linders, they've said he's a great player, he's going to get better. We're really seeing the signs of that now. I mean, the interesting thing to me is that he scored. He scored the two goals. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the first time he scored twice in a game, is it? I think, I think so, so, yeah. yeah. And he was there in the middle to score them. You know, the first goal was very well taken. Good cross from Harvey Elliott, who I thought was very good as well. He, he did. He had a good cameo from the uh, from the bench in midweek against Derby and deserved his he deserved his starting role. He got a big round of applause at the end, and so did um, his substitution, and so did Nunes when he went off towards the end. And you know, the Perth did very well. Going back to Nunes, as you were saying, I do think that second half he kind of not so much lost his way but Liverpool didn't quite make the most of his attributes there and he's still very much a, a work in progress but you can see what's that nine goals now and this in about I think nine goals in 18, 18 18 appearances not all of them have been starts I know you've got a stat which you're now going to tell me about his goal involvement what goal have contribution every 85 minutes at the moment yeah which is you know probably very very good probably as good as most footballers in the Premier League to be honest yeah, it's one way you can compare him to Erling Haaland, always the one that match winners today where Haaland isn't. But at the other end of the pitch, you've already mentioned him, Alisson Beckett was another huge performance from him. Um, it's going to be a bit annoyed that he didn't get that clean sheet, but he is stepping up time and time again for Liverpool this season. Where would they be if it weren't for some well, of these saves? That's it, he's been the best player this season. He's definitely been the most consistent, most outstanding performer, there's been many... I wouldn't say he won them points today, but he made sure things weren't quite as hectic as they might have been in the second half because Liverpool were already 3-1 ahead. And of course, you know, for, the, for the most part in the first half in particular, the main talking point was that he'd had a shave. He got, <laughs> he got rid of his, his beard and uh, he looked a little bit unusual because we're not quite used to that. But you know, second half, it was very much the usual Alison Becker. Nice segue there, I thought, um, with his performance. And yeah, he got a... It was a nice little touch at the end of the game. I thought we, Liverpool kicked towards the cup in the second half, as they tend to. And Alisson, went, when the game finished, went back to retrieve something from the back of his goal at the Anfield Road end, and the crowd gave him a huge ovation. And I think the same thing happened. I think it was against Manchester City. So, you know, I think Liverpool fans are very appreciative of what the goalkeeper does, and they, they know, you know, that he is, in my view, the best goalkeeper in the world. In normal circumstances with a game like this, we'd be going, no Jordan Henderson, no Canate, no mm. Ramsey, no Jones being worried there. But Liverpool are not going to play for another six weeks. We've got players coming back from injury, like Lewis Diaz is back running, Cater, Matip running, back in training. It's going to look a little bit better for Liverpool when they are back in action against Man City, against Aston Villa, providing these seven players get through the World Cup unscathed. Well, that's a very big providing, isn't it? Let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> There's at least one of them's going to fall over, you'd think. And, and they're going to have the inevitable strain psychologically as well as uh, physically and uh, mentally, I should say, on just being at the World Cup. I mean, Virgil van Dijk's already said that he'll need a rest after it. And that's no matter what stage Holland gets to. We're pretty sure Holland are going to get do reasonably well, possibly get to the quarterfinals. I think they're due to play Brazil there, which that would be a, a good game. That would be a big ask for them, but you know we'll have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, even if you get to the quarterfinals, that's only a week before the end of the tournament. And then Liverpool play at Man City on, what's it, on the Thursday after, after the World Cup. So I would be surprised if any of the World Cup players are playing in that game. But uh, so if that's the case, then yeah, you're right. Liverpool do need a lot of these players back. And City away, good game to test your physical battle, I suspect. And if you look at the Premier League table at the moment, granted when people are watching this, this could already change. I mm. think Newcastle and Chelsea are playing right now this second. But as things will stand, Liverpool are in the top six. They're 12 points off league leaders Arsenal. Mm. It's five points off the top four. They know what they need to do in the second half of the season. Well, I've done that for a while, to be honest. I think, this was, I think it was important that they followed up the win at Tottenham. They couldn't afford to not drop points here, especially after what happened against Nottingham Forest and Leeds. And 
you know, actually we've talked about this before saying I reckon that the forest result is one of those things that happens, it can happen. It's the Leeds one that was the bad results and the bad performance and I think that's the one that's going to rankle with them a little bit, certainly if, if they don't end up getting to where they want to be but you know, as we've said a couple of times now, five or six weeks, no game, at least Liverpool go into that break you know, with four successive wins, you know, they did beat Derby on penalties, it's still a victory and that's the first time they've done that this season, it's the first time since the end of, you know, since the end of May before the, uh, before the Champions League final, so in fact, they didn't even do it then, did they, because they drew with Tottenham, so mm. you know, from, from before that actually, so... Uh, April time until yeah, yeah, but that's what the uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would have been so. You know, that's how that kind of underlines Liverpool's inconsistency this season. But as I said, you know, they go into this break having it's, it's weird, isn't it? They've been desperate for this break to come, and then when it does come, some of them will be thinking, "Oh, I wish it wasn't." But I think overall, I think we're quite happy for a bit of a rest, a bit of a reset, and crack on with the second half of the season uh, when it gets to Christmas. That's it from us at Anfield today. Check out the Echo website for Doyley's verdict, my analysis, Doyley's player ratings, and we have all the other Liverpool reaction on there as well. Check out the YouTube channel, and we'll have the, the latest episode of the Blood Red podcast coming to you on Monday. It's going to be a strange six weeks without Liverpool playing. Obviously, they'll be off to Dubai, having a few friendlies there, and I believe Paul Gorse will be covering that in some form. Then we've got the January transfer window looming as well. Don't miss any of it. Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's not the first game I watched from that. Not because I got a band, but I've watched a lot of football games from, from the stands. I would say like, the, the, the perspective is much better. It's still not my favorite place. Um, but it was clear that that will not be our problem today. So it was not too cool that we only got the information yesterday. I expected the... After the FA appealed, I expected to get a ban, of course. But um, when it's Friday afternoon and um, you have training still done, uh, already done, and then um, somebody gets in and tells you, by the way, tomorrow. Oh. So we had to organize a little bit, but that was fine. Um, Pep, Pete and Vito are experienced coaches. They, they can do that. We were in contact. That didn't work all the time perfectly. <laughs> um, but I think that's probably normal as well. And in the end, we got all the messages across. I, the perspective, how I said, is much better. You can see um, distance is better. You can have a much better overview. Um, yeah, how I said, it was not the first game I saw like this, but I know that the people from this stand, um, they really see, have a good perspective, let me say like this. was. Um, I saw what we did well and I saw what we didn't do that well and um, still couldn't change it in the second half. Obviously, we tried uh, with changes, um, bringing players on. Um, but second half, obviously, was Alison Becker's half, let me say like this. I heard now it's 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 only the fourth player, right? Okay, come on, Chris. Who are the other three? Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, Stevie didn't have six hundred. Okay. Why did he stop five hundred 
so there are a lot of things come together. So you must have a, you must be a really good player. Um, that obviously what James is. You must be a top, 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 top professional because obviously our body is our body, and um, what we put in, um, we get pretty much. If it's too much, it's not right. If it's not enough, it's not right. Um, if you do the right training, it's okay. If you do the wrong training, it's still training, but it's not okay. So um, I'm really proud to be around when he reached that milestone, to be honest. He's an exceptional player, an exceptional person. Um, essential for everything we reached in the last few years. Said it a lot of times, and it's 100% truth. So uh, today was a really big day for us as well, because we knew it was 599, and there was actually no chance and no result uh, when James wouldn't come on. Um, he was now... He had a concussion and then the, a little muscle problem, not massive, but a little one. So I was ready for today with one session. And um, yeah, it's cool. Absolutely cool. Well-deserved, big. But that means it's just Premier League. Yeah. So that means with Champions League and all other cup competitions, he's, he's at 800 or so probably. We had a lot of Wow. Massive. Yeah, good career, let me say it like this. And not finished, how you could see. It's obviously very helpful for us. To learn. It's, um, his, he knows everything about the game um, because of emotions. He's not using always the right tools, but um, <laughs> but he's really he can set the tone. And he did that when he came on today. And um, really pleased for him. Yeah, first half. So look, the game was but opposite. And I said now in all interviews, I can say this as well. The first half was really good in the second half. It's not a half where we win the football Oscar for us. So it's like we made a lot of mistakes in the first half. In the second half. First half was really good. So we, we did everything what Southampton didn't want us to do. Let me say it like this. So we used the speed of Mo and Darwin. We used um, the spaces we create with the speed in between the lines. We used our football skills. We, we the, the, the goals, how we set it up. So obviously first was a set piece, uh, but then sensation pass from Harvey, but the movement from Darwin, really important. So obviously said Darwin, in, in the system we play, Darwin has to defend the left wing. We cannot change that. But in, when he's offensive, then he's only for balls in behind the wing is might be a position, but in all other situations, he has to be more in the center. And that's where he was in that moment. And uh, with a third goal as well. So great play. And that was the main problem, actually, that we didn't do that in the second half anymore. I think the first ball we, 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 we played in behind in the second half. That's it. So but we didn't offer the runs anymore. So it was an intense season. We know that until now, especially for the front three, they played now pretty much everything. And um, when they didn't play, they were slightly injured and these kind of things. So it's not perfect. But um, when we use this skill set, then, then we can create a lot of space for, for us for playing football. When, when they are always a threat for going behind them. Don't have to play the ball there always, but that means you cannot really push up as an opponent. It's really tricky. Um, and that gives us space in between the lines. So that was what we did in the first half. Really good. On second half, we, became too, we didn't do that anymore. And we became too passive um, in defending. You could see that. Last line didn't push up. And we played out. Last line didn't push up. We lost the ball up front. Um, and it was too much green space until they faced our last line. So they had then their moments. And when you end up, when, when Southampton ends up three times in a in a 100% chance in our six-yard box, something went went really wrong. So we know that. If you want, the game was a little bit like the like the like this first part of the season, these 14 games or, or much. So really, really good. 
<laughs> they're not so good. Um, and we know we have to improve that. We, we, we said it all the time, big part of the problems we, we, we had in this season is, is physical. So not available, then available, then playing too often, others available, playing all the time, these kind of things. So it was really intense. We had now four, 14 games in the league, six in the Champions League is 20, one cup game, 21. That's it pretty much. That's a lot of football, um, especially when you are not on top of your physical um, things. And we came through it now. We know since two weeks roundabout that 22 points is the max we can, we can achieve. Um, or reach, and that's what we did today. I'm really happy about that. That's the basis we have now. Now the World Cup coming. It's okay. I pray and hope that they all come back. I, they can all play the final if they want, but um, that's probably not possible. Um, but that they come back healthy, um, and then yeah, with the other boys, we we can have a proper preseason, and we will use that it's a little bit more. I think three three and something weeks where we where we can work together, train together and, and, and bring them in the right in the right shape then and um, we will use that and then the, the more, most difficult part of the season starts so immediately, so the rest of the season. That's our basis, it's not perfect but uh, for the moment absolutely okay and from here we will try to go again. Thank you yeah, that would be helpful. That would be absolutely helpful. I think we, we got pretty much all of them already. So who would have thought that um, two strikers are out long term? Um, and how can you prepare for that? Actually, it's, it's not really possible. Uh, too, too many, too many in the wrong moment call, called us. And it was really not cool. Um, and yeah, I hope that we are but if, if lucky. Well, it's not that we did now that we caused these injuries. We had. Most of them were like contact injuries, like Lucho was contact, um, Ibu was contact, um, the first one in a challenge, bringing the leg in a, was a friendly game, I think. Um, so a lot of them were really in challenges. Yes, Diogo, not so much. Diogo just had no preseasons, played then, played often, gave everything and then bam, done. So the, this, is the, this is the other problem, eh? that you, when you came back, because Lucho was out, Darwin had his struggles, then all of a sudden you play all the time and that's obviously not 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 too cool. And yes, I, I hope and I'm pretty sure we will be on the other side of it. We are always open to these kind of things, but we don't have to open that now, this this discussion. It doesn't help now because um, um, it's, it's always the same. We always talk about the same, it's always the same. If there's something possible for us, we will do it. If not, what, what do you mean with you need? So we cannot play without, that's not the case, we can. But if the door goes open uh, or opens up, then um, yeah, then we are open as well. That's not a problem. So it's not about wanting or whatever. Um, of course, we want to improve the team all the time. We just believe in the training ground as well, that we can do it there. and. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Even though the odious Qatar World Cup is about to give this season an almighty wedgie, Liverpool fans will be able to start the international break on a high, with back-to-back -back Premier League wins for only the third time this season. And four out of four wins in all comps 
if you include, as I surely will, the penalty win against Derby. There were thrills, spills and silky skills from Klopp's men today. A brace from Darwin, a bobby goal and a hat-trick of world-class saves from Alison Ramesses Becker, who I'm sure started the game clean-shaven and ended it with three-day stubble. The standings show us on 22 points out of 14 games, a maximum of seven points away from fourth with a game in hand, and depending on what happens in January, when we need to bring in at least two central midfielders, we are still within a Rory de Lapp throw of the coveted fourth place. Mo Salah was terrific today, despite not scoring. He's so darned dangerous. He needs some kind of triangular warning sticker. I was also impressed by Harvey Elliott. The young man has splendid vision and a glorious touch. It's so much fun watching him grow. As for Darwin, well, he's a one-man wrecking ball. Mean, lean and hungry for goals, his movement was first class today, leading to two relatively simple goals that I'm sure will G him up for the grimmest World Cup of them all. Good luck to him and all the other boys who play, and for those who don't, have a good holiday. I shall miss watching these Reds, even when the chips are down and the Coca-Cola has lost its fizz. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, asking our lads to please come back fit and famished for more wins. There's still a lot to play for. Having to do the podcast a little bit early before the, the end of the, the, the game, but it looks like Liverpool are going to go on to win the game. Liverpool currently have a 3-1 advantage against Southampton. But again, a major concern for me in the the way the game's played out. I mean, Alisson's had to make three massive saves in the second half. And this is against the team, probably the, the team you'd most like to play at this moment in time in the Premier League. And again, if you'll probably look at the, the chances created from both sides at the end of the game, it's been a toss of a coin again if Liverpool are to win this game. And... Yeah, uh, listen, Liverpool have a break now, but we know the sort of theme of the first half of the season has been that Liverpool have struggled to control virtually every game they've played. They're having a situation where it's very much a 50-50 in the majority of the games if they win, lose or draw. And that is never mind against the better teams in the Premier League, but the, the, the teams in the lower reaches. Liverpool have won, I think, six games now, been defeated in four could have easily in some of them games swung the other way. For example, some of them six games they may not have won. And yes, still major concerns in the performance today, especially in the, in the second half for me, in which Alisson's been called into real tough action. And I think it's getting beyond a doubt, a doubt now for me that Alisson has got claims to be the best goalkeeper, the most complete goalkeeper who's ever played in the Premier League. Obviously, there's been some good ones in the past, but I think the, the modern-day goalkeeper, I don't think he has a weakness to his game. I know that... I believe that statistical-wise, I don't believe a goalkeeper uh, in the Premier League area anyway since 
the numbers came into the game has outperformed XG as much as Allison did last season. I thought it was an outstanding season, probably the best individual goalkeeping season that I've seen from any goalkeeper I have in the Premier League. And he's carried that on this season. I believe that since he started playing for Roma, no goalkeeper in European competition has outperformed his XG as much as Allison. And that tells you this is a level of consistency now over a period of time where we're witnessing an absolute world-class player in his position. And again, he got Liverpool out of jail so much. We know the numbers tell us that when Liverpool concede chances, they concede big chances. But the problem for Liverpool this season is not only they've been conceding big chances, but they've also been conceding an accumulation of chances, which hasn't always been the case. Liverpool have always been willing to sacrifice one or two big chances in a game, knowing that the goalkeeper is a world-class operator and the fact that they think that the way that they play brings bigger rewards than risks. However, as I say, this season it's it's been... Yeah, it's been messy every single game and there's been a real a real, real lack of authority over the, the way Liverpool have played and that carried on today. But yeah, on Alisson, I mean, his judging of distance to engage with attackers in 1v1 situations, I think are unrivaled. Max to the fact that I think he's the goalkeeper who, give or take, concedes the least shots from outside his penalty area also. So when you factor in that as a package... I mean, it's it, it's an absolute elite package for me. And his calmness, his domination of his penalty area. But more more than that, I just think his, his technique in the way he engages with opponents, as I say, his judgment of distance when the big chances arise. And again, he saved Liverpool. So I just wanted to highlight him because I know I have in the past, but I think sometimes it can just get sort of overlooked. Just what a privilege it is for Liverpool to have this goalkeeper and he'll retire as Liverpool's greatest ever goalkeeper, and I believe he'll retire as the Premier League's greatest ever goalkeeper, depending on how long he stays. I think there's there's no argument if he was even to leave tomorrow. I think he's the most complete goalkeeper who's played in the Premier League. So, On the plus sides for Liverpool, I think the performance of Darwin Nunes, who again started in a high forward position on the left-hand side. Obviously, Liverpool without Thiago Jota and Luis Diaz at this moment in time, and the short-term fix has been to play Nunes in that role and he's done really well. He's done really well and I think the positives for me is, again, always important to sort of to sort of look at the numbers. I don't believe there's many players per 90 minutes who are getting into better areas, having more chances than Darwin Nunes over the course of his Liverpool career so far. I've mentioned about his all-round all game being a very scruffy and I wouldn't go away from that, but I felt it was much better today. His combinations, his link-up, his awareness with his teammates... And that really bodes well for the future for me because there's no doubt that this player knows the areas to get into. Is a chance magnet, really. A player who is always on the end of things, even if in, an, in, in what you'd call an average Premier League team that Liverpool have been so far this season. So that has to bode well. Now you're seeing signs that his, his overall game is then improving. But again, into really good areas again today and, and, and excellent finishes as well. The first one coming across his body on his weaker left foot to be able to take on the volley was excellent, technically. And his second goal, getting into the right areas and putting in a clinical finish when the ball comes across his body first time, which again, can't be underestimated how good the finish was. And I was never a massive fan of Fernando Torres at Liverpool. I think it just showed, I was thinking about actually before, how long I've been writing in the paper or doing these podcasts, I suppose, that I was still doing them when Torres was playing for Liverpool. and. With Fernando Torres, one of the, the big things that I have about forward players is they have to have an excellent all-round game. 
And I felt he was really lacking in that sense. In at times, you know, fantastic goal scorer. But I, I mentioned on numerous occasions how when he, he didn't score a goal or apart from scoring a goal, Liverpool were very often playing with 10 players. He was very untidy in his build-up, didn't really have many combinations and his awareness was poor. But get him in front of the goal, facing the goal. And again, he was a player who created massive chances and got into great areas. And that's why the absolute elite forwards of the modern day era are the complete packages when you think of Luis Suarez, who for me epitomises that. Not only could he create his own chances, he could do everything. He could run the channels, he could hold the ball up. He wasn't electric, but he had that running power to get him behind. An absolute handful, but technically so assured when the ball came in. I had an awareness of all those around him. And I suppose you could you could factor in other forwards who've been at least in the modern era, such as Karen Benzema, who just such a great, almost like a nine and a half, a great view of everyone around him, his combinations, the way he could link and combine with higher players. And then he obviously could score an amount of goals, which made him an elite factor at the world's biggest club for so long. But there is a sort of second group of strikers who are fantastic goal scorers who maybe don't have that all-round game. And I've got no doubt that Nunes will probably fall into that bracket. And so what you would want from his, want from him is enough consistency in the way that he plays alongside the goals that he is going to score to make him such a valuable asset for Liverpool. I don't think what you can have, you can't have him just scoring goals and be that untidy that he actually is a detriment to the team in other ways. And that's why... I was so encouraged by the last couple of weeks, really, because he has such shown much more assurance in his overall performance. And that is what Liverpool are going to need if he's going to be Liverpool's starting centre-forward over a number of years. They're going to need that consistency. Is he going to be a Luis Suarez who's able to do every aspect of the game, bring everybody into the game while scoring fantastic goals and an amalgamation of goals at the same time? Probably not. But if he can get that consistency in his all-round ability which is at a level which benefits the team whilst getting into such good areas and scoring the amount of goals that no doubt he's capable of, then Liverpool will have a real player on the hands for the next couple of years in that final third. It remains to be seen if he is able to do that, though, however. I mean, you always talk about the great, the greatest players to ever play the sport, and that's why, for me, it can never be the goal scorer inside the penalty area because... They need players around them to be able to facilitate their chance creation. Whereas Leo Messi will always be the greatest player in the world because he combines all aspects. He's be able to create for himself, is able to build the game from deep and also be the final the final player who finishes the moves as well. So we're not asking, I'm, I'm not expecting that of Darwin Nunes. However, you're expecting him to fit into that other bracket of of centre forward. And I'm hoping that, that would be that would be the case. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.